everyone, I'm Taffney Hopper, and you're listening to Talking Nonprofits, a podcast about the world of nonprofits. Follow along so you too can learn how to make a difference in your community. On today's podcast, we have a very special guest from the I Am A Queen organization all the way out of North Carolina, Alana B. Allen. Here's a snapshot of Alana. Alana is a dynamic nonprofit leader and community activist. She's the founder and executive director of I Am A Queen, a youth development nonprofit based in Greensboro, North Carolina. She is also a nonprofit business consultant for Alana Knows Nonprofits, LLC, and advocates for HIV, human trafficking, and sexual assault awareness through Project No More Shame. Since I am a Queens establishment in Greensboro slash High Point area, it has impacted the lives of nearly 12,000 people in North Carolina. Through mentoring in its annual community outreach events, and due to Alan's strong commitment to being a community leader, she was awarded in February 2017 the AC Stowe Lifetime Achievement Award presented by McDonald's Rhythms of Triumph. And that is only a portion of her bio. Welcome to the podcast, Alana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I've been I've been following you on Instagram and seeing all the things that your organization is doing, just so many things. And it's 11 years of empowering teen girls and impacting the community. So it says Queens Empowers, Queens Educate, and Queens Engage. Tell me how you empower, educate, and engage young girls. Pretty much what I'm a queen, we believe in those three pillars. Because when a girl comes into your program, she can come from a diverse population she doesn't have to be at risk she can be she can come from a family that has it all together but her self-esteem may not be 100 so when the moment she comes into i'm a queen like the first thing i'm going to hit you with is an affirmation i am going to literally teach you how to love yourself love who you are and try to figure out what do you like like help you to discover your passion and then once we discover that passion how can we help develop that passion so with girls we're empowering them because we teach them how to become leaders but we're also increasing their confidence we're teaching them how to build their confidence how to get in front of somebody and tell them who exactly they are as people and then when it comes down to be engaged so before the pandemic Okay, I'm a queen. We are really known for our community service events. So a lot of times when you would see us out there, like we give out like over 700 backpacks to kids in Greensboro. And a lot of times you will see the kids and I'm a queen, the girls on the front lines. So you're seeing them giving you the school supplies. You see the kids volunteering. You see them supporting the homeless. You see them giving out Christmas adoption gifts. So that's one thing that I always try to strive is that the girls have to do community service because if they do community service and they walk away from this program, most of the girls who walk away, they actually graduate with 350 hours of community service that can go towards a scholarship opportunity. And a lot of the girls do receive scholarships. So, and then when you look at the educate part, I'm really huge on education. I'm really particular about what they pursue. And I really look at um, STEM education as like a source for teen girls. So right now we have a STEM boot camp 
that's coming up in June. And one of our girls, she's 14 years old. I think she just turned 15. She's 15. And she actually developed this program a year ago. And she is going to teach girls how to build an app. And we're doing it because we want to be able to teach girls how to go into STEM and also how to be leaders within education. And then education also looks at how do I look at my body? How important is my body? Like, help me to understand, like, hey, I'm 10 years old and I'm experiencing something new. So education doesn't mean necessarily in the school system, but it also helps me to understand as a young girl, you know, why is my body changing? And, and is this okay for me to change? So we help to, you know, we try to help them to understand what, what's going on with their bodies. And they actually like those conversations as well. So those are our three pillars when it comes to I'm a queen. Wow. Also on your website, you talk about Queen Arise. Can you tell us more about what that's about? So that is our newest program. It is really interesting because we're teaching the girls how to become leaders and the girls are learning how to achieve one goal. So we currently have 35 teens that's in this program and we're teaching them about the three steps to become a leader. Like there's more steps, but we, we're really focusing on how to be authentic, like how to actually like who you are, like mm-hmm. like who you are. And then really we brought in a CEO, like a female CEO, and she was able to do a masterclass with the kids on leadership. And then we had another topic called body talk. Because if your body, if it's not in alignment with your goals, then you need to make sure that your body is straight at all times. So it's talking about the mental health, the physical and the spiritual health of your body. And then another topic that we covered was called set it in motion. So set it in motion is how do I take one goal and how do I put the steps together? And then how do I set it in motion? Like, how do I do it? So we looked at the action plan and then the girls are currently working with a mentor and the mentor is helping them to achieve this one goal. I feel like we've been doing this one goal forever. So, (laughs) so the the interesting part is the kids actually do evaluations. So this Saturday, the girls are going to be doing their presentations on how did they achieve their goal? A lot of kids want to help the homeless. A lot of kids want to encourage other people to exercise or eat healthy so it's going to be really interesting to see how these kids have really developed this one goal and how they achieved it but it has been a roller coaster seriously so yeah did you guys have somebody to come in or to talk about their goals like did you give them different avenues where they can find their goals did you say community or they just came up with these goals on their own oh no I am crazy. So I came up with, hey, here's a list of stuff that okay. you can do. And then like I went through training with the kids. So the girls go through training and then the mentors went through training. And I literally, so when I matched up the mentors, I literally provided all the mentees and the mentors a list of goals that they can choose from, that they can decide. Like, I mean, of course, some things were remixed, but just trying to provide like suggestions and like how it will work. And then Mm -hmm. also making sure that we work with the parents because a lot of this stuff, 
the parents really had to step in to support because because the pandemic caused us to become virtual. So, you know, it's pretty much just the Zoom atmosphere and really talking to the kids on FaceTime and Google Duo and then talking to the mentors to see if they're doing their part. It's a lot. But you said this this weekend is coming to a close. You got no. celebrate. No, it's but not. the evaluation piece is happening. The evaluation. So, so you yeah. have to celebrate each part of the plan. So celebration, the evaluation, then the next step, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so once they do their evaluations, then next Saturday they will get their official I'm a queen shirt. I know. So what that means is a lot of kids think, oh, when I come into this program, girl, I'm gonna get my purple shirt. No, but <laughs> your attendance has to be awesome. Like you don't pay to be in this program. So your attendance must be awesome. Your commitment, like once you show up to that photo shoot, it's because you actually earned to be here. So that's why people say, well, why don't you sell your I'm a queen shirts? And I'm like, I can't because my kids earned this opportunity to be in this program so that's the reason why I don't sell it well I love that I love that concept Mm -hmm. they have to earn it what's the most significant impact has your organization had in the lives of these young girls oh my god I think it's, it's, it's so simple but it's so powerful is when you see a child who has gone through anxiety they have gone through depression they have gone through like feeling not being adequate and that child steps up to become the new president of the teen advisory board and like she walked in six months ago and she was this shy and timid person and then the next thing you know you're looking at this child and she's giving this powerful speech in front of all these people in front of all the donors and people are like falling like oh my god I can't believe this and I'm thinking six months ago this child would barely speak and now she's presenting before hundreds of people and you know some people would say oh yeah doing this and doing that no when you can see that small measure of your work and see that somebody's life has been changed within a short amount of time like those are the moments that keep me going that's really powerful for me okay mm-hmm. What is your number one goal that you'd like to accomplish this year? And I am a queen. I would love to get um, mental health counseling funded within the program. And the reason being is because we don't know the stories that happened during the pandemic. A lot of us had to stay at home. A lot of us had to, a lot of these kids had to be at home with their parents. And it's kind of hard to have an outlet when everybody's in the house together so I have been noticing that there has been some stressors going on and the kids are asking like hey can you um, help me to find a counselor or I have issues with my parents so for me I would love for a, a mental health counselor to be funded so we are applying well no we recently applied for a grant so we're waiting on confirmation to see if we'll be able to get the grant to be able to fund the counselors because these people need to be paid Mm-hmm. and kids if they want to talk to someone we need to be able to open up this opportunity for them so I'm excited about that goal but I know it's going to be something really hard to get to but I'm like very focused when it comes down to it and it speaks a lot about youth who are willing to say mm-hmm. 
I need counseling. I need oh, yeah. help. I need to talk to somebody that just, you know, your program is actually, it's working. You are empowering them mm-hmm. to say, I need the help. So kudos to you guys for that. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the management side of I am a queen. I know we talked about, you have three roles, <laughs> three different jobs. Will you tell our audience What's your day like when you walk in the door or when you log on to your laptop? I don't, I'm not okay. sure if you're in the office. Tell us what your day is like. I'm a queen is volunteer based, volunteer. So I have a full-time job. So my full-time job, I currently work at North Carolina A&T State University as a director of alumni communications. So I work my nine to five. And then what happens is when it's time for me to meet with people after five o'clock, I schedule meetings to meet with them between probably five to like 9 p.m. at night. But a lot of the times with I'm a queen, our stuff is scheduled for the weekend. And if it was, let's say it was pre-COVID, we would literally um, be meeting with the kids only on Saturdays. So right now, I am only doing Saturdays virtual right now. and then. I have 16 mentees that I'm actually mentoring myself. So I'm going in between like tech messages and like, hey, let's talk at 5.30, let's talk at 6.30. It could be like 10 to 15 minute conversations. Then when it comes down to like board meetings, you know, your board, they have a life. So we have our meetings that's already pre-scheduled. Everybody's on a schedule. We're currently reviewing our scholarship that's going to be going out this year. So we're making sure that we are meeting the deadlines to make sure that people get their money. And then <laughs> I do a lot of emails at night. And so I probably stay up to about three o'clock in the morning. So I probably sleep from like three to 8.30 every day. Okay, what about that self-care? You know, so that is something that I am working on and I'm doing it this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try to incorporate a lot of things, but I'm a queen is very volunteer driven. We've had some really good volunteers who have stayed consistent. They, you know, they operate as staff. The girls' parents are actually the board members. So we have three women who literally can tell you the impact this nonprofit has made because their children are either in the program or have or have already graduated from the program. So what is your your staff or your board really good at? What are some gaps and how do you plan to overcome those gaps? I think we're really good at, when it comes down to the community, we are really good at connecting with the community that we serve. And a lot of times people cannot really say that because when you actually serve people, you have to learn how to serve people with the love of God. And sometimes these people may come to you and they may say some things and they may treat you a certain way. I would really say our staff is phenomenal with being able to handle the community. Like, especially when we're doing like Christmas adoption and a woman, she walks in and she feels like she's not good enough. And we hand her a rose and we have catered breakfast, you know, sitting right there in front of her face. And these women are like, why are you talking to me like this? Why are you treating me like this? And I'm like, because you're a queen, because you're important. So I have literally seen these women, you know, really step up to the call because of being able to serve and being able to have a heart to serve people. Now, as far as gaps, 
I would definitely say, I mean, of course, funding, like you, you need, you, you're always going to need more funding. You're always going to need more opportunity, but if there was more time, like probably if I took this on as a full-time position, I definitely can see that there will be more changes that take place. Yeah. I mean, I would say capacity, definitely capacity, but we really dominate when it comes down to community impact and just letting people know, like, we see you. We want you. Like I always tell people, we want you here. <laughs> like, you know, if somebody says, I need prayer, I'm like, let's do it. So just trying to make sure that people know that we want to serve them and we don't look at it as an obligation, but we look at it as this is like something that we are here to do. And if you have that type of mindset that doesn't match that, you got to go. <laughs> you That reminds me of the Danny Gokey song that says, love God, love people. Mm-hmm. if you love God it's gonna show up you're gonna oh, have yeah. to love people so that's that that's what that's reminded me of so yeah you do one tip you would give someone who is contemplating starting a nonprofit: pray first pray first okay. and then the second is really study nonprofit programs because a lot of people don't understand that before they start a nonprofit, they actually need to, they actually need to develop a program and really study if this program, like, can it work? And then maybe you should talk to another nonprofit leader or another nonprofit organization to see if you can pass this idea to them to see if it can be implemented. But, you know, some people are like, I don't want nobody stealing my ideas. But a lot of times you don't really need a new nonprofit, you just need to be able to implement a program because a program is something that's ongoing. It's a set of activities to help an audience that you're serving to get from A to Z. So my thing is, can you really take the time to see if you're supposed to lead this nonprofit or if you're supposed to implement this program somewhere else? And it can happen. It is possible. And not all nonprofits operate in that selfish mode. Like some of us are open to it. So really just see, will it work? Like really test it. And then if it does work, maybe you should start your own nonprofit. And if not, then you may just need to partner with somebody to see if it'll happen. What is giving you joy right now? I would definitely say the kids. I think the kids are extremely funny. There are days when I'm like, I'm up really late and I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. And then I can get on Zoom with them and people are like, kids are not engaged on Zoom. Uh, not my kids. My kids, they're they're popping. When I say the chat is on fire, like people say I keep the kids going. And literally my kids in the program, they are so funny. They have so many different personalities and I just love every minute of it. So when I talk to them, it's like they give me new life, like seriously, like new life, like seeing them, like we, you know, we've done like drive-bys where um, they'll come and pick up something like curbside pickup. Like we recently did like a pizza bonding activity where they made their own pizzas mm-hmm. and it was so crazy. Like my anxiety was just going off and the kids said that was the best thing ever (laughs) and I'm like man like I'm glad it was good for you so yeah just being around the kids and really seeing like where they're at and how they think and um really trying to see like which direction we could take the program in you know in the future so but just keeping up the work Mm -hmm. I mean that's what it's really about I mean yeah you gotta do paperwork yeah you gotta 
pay certain invoices or do certain things, but it's really the kids. So what do you want to see I'm a queen a year from now? I would love to see I'm a queen at a national state. We have an, an event or a community forum called What's Happening to Our Black Girls. And for 2022, we're focusing on colorism within the Black community. So in 2020, we talked about human trafficking. But in 2022, I'm really looking at like the natural hair of discrimination and then how we look at each other from like light skin to dark skin or your brown skin and really looking at like how can black women how can black girls really love each other like how do how do I love who I am like how do I love my hair even if it's 4c and I'm light skin like you know <laughs> I, I have 4c hair too I mean <laughs> so people just like when I, I tell you like there are so many things that I see working with teen girls like I have I, I can tell you I can see the little light-skinned chick that's so in, innocent she has nice hair and like she just wants to be friends with everybody and they're like oh like you know giving like the little side eye and then you have the other chick where she may be light-skinned and she's giving everybody a hard time like she's like nope I'm not being your friend so you see it from so many different levels or you'll see like the dark skinned chicks, they'll come in and it's like, they're telling you that they have low self-esteem or they don't like their skin. I'm like, girl, you black girl magic. Girl, you melanin popping. <laughs> you know, I'm like over here acting crazy or, you know, just trying to help them to understand like, this is your skin. Like God made it. Like he mixed it up just for you. Like I literally try to break down your hair and when I started noticing that, I knew it was a conversation that we needed to have for Black women and Black girls, because we shape how we view each other. We really do. Do you think also that uh, media has also shaped without, because I remember a long time ago, you would only see light-skinned girls on yeah. videos i mean there's now there's more of a of a, a rainbow of african-americans from 4c hair to mm -hmm. what they call what chris rock said good hair i don't know if every <laughs> all hair is good but yeah. so i think the media has had it, um a part in it and you know representation matters it mm -hmm. does matter a lot so I, I i'm so encouraged that you are going to have that yeah, um, as a part of your of your program, so I'm gonna have to really watch out for that. For you should. I'm I'm really excited because if you see it up close and personal, and you really start like I make kids talk to each other. I don't care if you came from the south or to the north, like you gonna talk to her, mm -hmm. and they're like, "What? What do you mean?" So for me, it's like, how can we break down the barriers that's already been set mentally? Yes. within our culture and how do we tackle like us coming together and being more cohesive and like that's really what I'm a queen is about so being able to teach that and show them like love who you are and like that's the most important thing like that's the end result if you walk away if you never talk to me ever again I want you to know that I wanted you to love who you are I want to teach you how to love who you are and that's that's important it's key Okay. Love who you are and love the skin that you're in. Tell our audience, how can our listeners get involved with I Am A Queen? 
Well, you can go to imaqueen.org. You can click on donate to support the Queen of Rise Leadership Program, or you can become a sponsor for our back to school event team conference. And then in the fall, we actually have our Christmas adoption program where we adopt um, single parents and our senior citizens for Christmas. And we provide them with Christmas gifts and also food boxes for the holiday. And then there are opportunities to volunteer, but you have to stay connected to our website and also stay connected to us on social media. And we'll put out there like, hey, we're looking for volunteers to assist us for team conference or back to school, but please know you will have to go through a background check. Oh yes, <laughs> background checks are mandated when you are working with kids for sure. With, yes, with children. So we yeah. try to be very mindful of how we do things, but it is, it's very essential. So just stay connected with the website. I try to update it as much as possible. I want to talk a little bit about the I Am Queen campaign for May. Can oh yeah, talk the May about that. Yes. Oh my God. So uh, what happened was it was three o'clock in the morning and that's when I get my best ideas. And I was like, God, we got to do a fundraiser. And all I heard was Mayday, Mayday. And I was like, Black people don't talk about Mayday. So I started looking it up and they said it was a call to action. It was an emergency. And I was like, oh man. So what if we did a Mayday campaign where we did it virtually and we like, our deadline was May 1. So what we did was for four weeks, we engaged our audience and we made sure, like I made sure that our audience was primed for this opportunity. So what I did was I started building like social media ads to get people to like follow the page and in increase followers. And then I sent out like social media pictures to my entire team. And like to, um, we also included men because we have a lot of male supporters. So it was like, I am a queen that supports, I am a king. So I had all these people posting, join me as a supporter, join me as a supporter. So then May 1, we did a closing fundraiser razor push where I had like a keynote speaker and one of the kids speak and we just kept building it up. So every time someone donated, they were directed to a website link that asked people to upload a photo. So then we would give them like a social media shout out on social media, well, on social media, of course. And then I would email them and say, hey, post this on your page and to ask people to join you as a supporter. So that increased our numbers. And then we were asking people give $20, Like we kept saying give $20. So for every $20, we kept saying, Hey, we'll send you a car magnet or like I'm a queen or I'm a king magnet. And we really just kept pushing it and then going to the donors to support what we were trying to do because we were raising money for girls of color. Like we really were like, and we really like put a lot of energy into it. And I literally did not book any clients for the whole entire month of April. I literally like focused on their campaign, scheduled out posts, had people like, like sharing our information. Like it got to the point, my insurance agent, like literally donated and told all of his friends to donate. So we had like the most random donors who showed up for our like to support us but that's because the audience was prime like they had just like donated to us for Christmas adoption there's another key to this my sister has a dog named Kanye and he's Kanye a dog he's named Kanye <laughs> yeah he's bad and we him and I for Christmas we did four videos and I said okay for four videos he raised over six thousand dollars 
So if I increase the videos, I know he can increase in donations. So when I started posting videos of Kanye and then his birthday came up, people just started giving money like nonstop. Wow. There's a lot of dog lovers out there. So people thought we were crazy because it was like, you're posting this dog. He's like, he's enjoying every minute of it. And the kids, and then I was also posting testimonials from the kids. I was interviewing the kids. So it was like a cohesive campaign that we did virtually. And we reached the 10,000 mark um, on April 30th. I literally kept talking to my team and I said, we can do this, y'all. Like, we got this. Like, it's going to happen. And everybody thought I was nuts. But it happened. And you have to be the type of leader that believes in what you're pushing. Because a lot of people will start something, but they won't finish it. Yes. And I was determined to finish, like I was going to finish that campaign. And every time I talked to people, I was like, do you want to talk about the Mayday fundraiser? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I kind of like drove people crazy, but you have to be intentional. Like you have to be intentional. You have to be like really focused on the goal. This is our final question. Okay. At Talking Nonprofits, our goal is to connect nonprofits to the community. In your own words, what is community to you? Love, love. You have to love people. I really believe in what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. But you really got to have love inside of you. And when you really deal with people in the community, you are dealing with the truth. And love shows up in the truth. So love. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for being on the podcast, Alana. And for our our listeners, make sure you go ahead and give us a five-star review and tell your friends about Talking Nonprofits. Have a great day. Thank you. Join me each week to learn about a nonprofit's journey by subscribing to Talking Nonprofits wherever you receive your podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And as always, if you have any questions or would like to be featured on the show, send a note via the contact form on our website. Until next time, be the difference.